Okay. What'd you say that name was again? Pauls. Maybe I do. <laughs> Tonight's tonight, bro. You're getting saved tonight. Twice. Do what? Oh, do you? Bro, you need more than the Romans road, bro. <laughs> you you need John chapter 3 is what you need. That's all you've been is down the Romans road. That's your problem. You ain't got no farther than the Romans road. Yeah, you're getting delivered tonight. Uh -huh. All right, it's good to be in the Lord's house tonight, amen? Boy, did we not have a service in here last night, amen? God blessed in a wonderful way, uh, amen, and uh, wonderful preaching last night. Spirit of the Lord was here, and we had one walk the aisle and give their hearts to Jesus Christ tonight. And I say, to God be the glory, amen? Praise God. What a wonderful week it's been. And uh, the only problem with it is that uh, uh, Lord, unless the Lord sees fit otherwise, tonight will be the last night of the meeting. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that revival has to end. Amen. Uh, I believe with all my heart that our church has gotten help. I believe that, uh, that uh, individually we've got help and uh, that we've all been challenged in our faith to grow closer to the Lord. Appreciate Brother Guy and Miss Wanda. I want to encourage our people to uh, let them know tonight just how much they mean to you. Uh, amen. I do appreciate them taking the time to be with us this week. Don't you, church? Amen. Thank God for that. It's good to have the Salts family with us tonight to sing. Amen. Love them dearly. And i uh, been in several revival meetings and heard them sing. Uh, but it's good to have them with us tonight. So uh, you pray for them. Uh, but tonight we just want to get right into things. Uh, uh, very quickly tonight, I uh, want to make sure we give the man of God time to preach this evening, but very quickly, uh, any prayer requests that you'd like to, to make known. Oh my goodness. Amen. Somebody else tonight? Praise God. Remember this young child, Sophie? Boy, I tell you, it just breaks their heart to see children suffer, but I believe uh, children have a very special place in the Lord's heart, don't you? Amen. Amen. So uh, remember, uh, uh, all of our, how many of you do not have lost loved ones? Amen. I'll tell you, we need to be burdened over the lost, don't we, church? Time's running out. Jesus is coming soon, and we just need to uh, pray that uh, 
that they'll get saved before it's too late. Amen. Uh, praise God. Any others tonight? Trenton Greer. Amen. I'll tell you, them, the, them young'uns, they can get the heart of God and they can get through to heaven. God will hear their prayers just as much as He will an adult. Amen. Amen. That's right. Praise God. Somebody else this evening. Yeah, go ahead, Kim. Amen. Remember, Kim, she's not been feeling well. Uh, and pray for her housing situation. Uh, someone else this evening. Amen. Amen. Pray for America. Pray for our leaders. Pray for Ukraine. Uh, boy, we could just go on and on. We especially need to pray for the Supreme Court and the decision they've got coming up with the Roe versus Wade. Pray that uh, we get favorable results. Amen. Uh, any others this evening? Yeah, remember Bruce's wife, Ellen? Amen, brother. Good to have James Henry Davis with us tonight. Amen. Love him dearly and remember the body of Christ as a whole. Any other needs this evening? Yeah, go ahead, brother. Amen. Rick Hall, right? Robert Hall. Okay, I got you. I had that written down wrong. The Robert Hall family. Any others this evening? Okay, well, praise God. Uh, as the Lord answered that request, little Cannon's going to have uh, surgery uh, to put tubes in her ears and remove her adenoids. So remember this child in prayer. How's Emma? Amen. That's good. That's good. Any others this evening? Pray for those that left lost last night. Amen. Amen. That God speak to their hearts. We'll gather around the altar. We'll take these requests for the Lord. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats, please. Sam, lead us in prayer, brother. Father, we thank you, God, tonight for this opportunity that you give us, Lord, to gather in your house. Lord, in your name, Father, with your people. Uh, Lord, truly, it is a blessing to be here. And Lord, we thank you, Father, Lord. Uh, and Father, for every good and perfect gift that comes down. Uh, Lord, from the, the one who is uh, in him and whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God, I pray, thank you, God, for what you did in here last night, how you blessed, how you moved, how you helped. God, we pray, Father, one more time, God, that you just see fit to manifest your presence in a great and mighty way. Uh, Lord, the Holy Spirit might be real in and amongst us, God. The Word might be preached, Lord, and uplifted, God. The name of Jesus might be magnified. Oh, God, tonight, Lord, I pray that you use the man of God. Lord, as he preaches thy word, Father, that uh, 
Amen. Let's have a couple of ushers come forward tonight. We'll receive our special love offering. This is your Lance chance to give uh, again uh, everything that's given tonight. We'll go towards the evangelist. Uh, we're taking care of the singers separately, but we uh, ask you to just dig deep uh, again. Uh, Brother Guy and Miss Wanda, they didn't have to come all this way. We do appreciate them, and let's make sure they know uh, how much the, they mean, mean to us. Amen. Anthony Light, lead us in prayer, brother. How many of you are thankful for that blessed assurance tonight? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can't praise Him.
uh, without knowing that you know that you know that your name's been written down Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. All right, let's uh, stand tonight all over the house. Give me an A-flat, uh, Miss Grace. Amen. You can turn. See, you'd think that I'd already have this figured out, right? But that's not the way we do things around here. Amen. 470 in your blue book if you need it. You may not need it. What a day, glorious day that will be. Yeah, you can go ahead and uh, turn there, Grace. Help me out. Amen. Just trying to mind the Lord tonight. That's what we got to do. Yeah, man. How many of you looking forward to that day? Amen. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forever. Yeah, man, praise the Lord. Sing now. What a day that will be. Yeah, man. Praise the Lord. And I looked upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through, Amen. What a day, glorious day will be. Boy, think about what you're singing now. There will be no Hallelujah. No more burdens to bear. No more sickness, no pain. Hey, this is one of what's going to make heaven worth a trip, amen. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day. Sing that verse again, drop the music, amen. Let's worship him tonight. There will be no heaven. No more burdens to bear. My, my. Does that mean anything to anybody? Being over there and forever. Oh, that sounds good. Yes, yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes, hallelujah tonight. Sing that chorus now. What the day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who said, Help takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day. 
that will be. You know what the cry of my heart tonight is? It's even so come Lord Jesus. Amen. I tell you, I believe we're closer to the Lord's coming than we've ever been. Uh, I believe any moment we could hear the trumpet sound. Uh, amen. And I don't know about anybody else, but uh, you can stay here if you want to, but I'm going to heaven. Amen. Amen. Uh, don't call for me. Call me gone. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's so good to have the Salts family. I want to give them plenty of time to sing, so we're going to ask them to come this evening. If you never heard them sing, you're going to enjoy this. Amen. Just old-fashioned, let her rip, uh, good gospel singing. So y'all come, mind the Lord, make yourselves at home. Let's give them a hand tonight, church. I'd like to say, oh, I guess you better turn this side me. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. There we're going up. Yeah, they'll tell you to turn me down in a minute. But <laughs> Amen. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I said that too loud. We'll see I? what happens till then. <laughs> it's good to be here tonight. Been looking forward to this. Uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. He is the only one that's going to be there for us. The only one. And He's took us through so much here lately. And I can't thank him enough for what he's done. But you pray for us. We'll try to do something that'll touch. We're not up here to do a show. We don't do shows. We just come up here to praise the Lord and hope somewhere along the way or down in the valley and God sends one of these songs or hears something that lifts you all the way up on top of that mountain. But anyway, you pray for it. Out on the hills of glory land So happy and free at God's right hand He tells of a place through marvelous grace Called heaven's bright shore Pilgrims on earth one day will go To live in that home forevermore By trusting in Him who died for sin And rose from the grave Amen. On heaven's bright shore, there'll be no more dying. Not one little grave in all that fair land. Not even a tear will dim the eye. And no one up there will say goodbye. Just singing his praise to endless days on heaven. Sure. Amen. Praise His name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, one day we're going to do this. Woo. When I must cross that rolling tide, someone will be on the other side, welcoming me to that fair land made perfect by love. As I walk up that milky white way, There'll be a homecoming in a ray. How great it must be for an angel to see a pilgrim reach home. On heaven's bright shore, there's going to be no more time.
shore on Emma's right shore. You know, one of these days we're going to get to go to that place. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I am. You know, down here we may live in a mansion, we may live in a shack, it doesn't matter. One of these days we're going to get to go see that place that God went and prepared for us. You know, I never did really understand why he w said he went to build me a mansion. I don't think I'm going to see much of it when I get there. I've got parents, grandparents, mother-in-law and father-in-law that's all gone home. And I want to go see them. But there's one person I want to see. And that's that man that laid down on that cross and spread out his arms for an old sinner like me. Unworthy. Wasn't worth it. But he saw something in me. I haven't found it yet. But he did. Imagine that. I have never seen the face of my Savior but serving Him has been such a thrill I have never seen the gate to that city oh but one day one day I will well, one day I'm gonna walk down the streets of Gold, and they tell me the hand has never yet been told. I'll be united with the loved ones on Zion's holy hills. Thank God one day, one day. for that day. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's okay. From the time I first met him, he has been all to me. And my life with his joy he has been. And I'm longing for the day when my eyes shall behold him. Thank God one day, one day I will. Oh, one day I'm going to walk down the streets of gold. They tell me the half has never yet been told. I'll be united with loved ones on Zion's holy hills. Thank God one day, one day I will. I'll be Holy 
thank God one day, one day, how we Amen. <coughs> Bill, okay, let's go to see. Thank y'all. To tell you who everybody is real quick, uh, fellow over here on the base is Ryan Lewis. Uh, he's been with us about a year, year and a half. Uh, I still can't get him to turn the base around right. I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> but uh, he plays right-handed. I play left-handed, but we can play each other's base. Well, on guitar over here has been a member of this group. We, we've been together for 34 years. And Mike's been with us 32, 33 of them, somewhere in there. And uh, <laughs> I love to hear him play. I love to hear him sing. But, boy, do I love to hear him preach. And his name's Michael Young. The lady beside of me, uh, when we first started out, it was my wife, myself, and uh, my mother-in-law and father-in-law. And uh, they both passed away, and we tried to find somebody to sing. I asked me this if she knew anybody, and she said, yeah, I think so. So we put up, I mean, we've had her with <laughs> us for, for a little over 20 years. And her name is Sharon Collins. The lady up here in the... Leopard, thank you. <laughs> I was, I'd almost said snakeskin, but I knew that wasn't right. But um, uh, this is my wife. And I have to say that through and by her family, I met a man one day. I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of anything or anybody growing up. And there's a fella sitting right back there that would probably know that. And he still doesn't know who I am. I'll tell you in a second. But uh, through her family... I met a man called Jesus. Amen. Put me on my knees and let me knew, let me know. I wasn't quite as mean as I thought I was. But don't tell me God won't put you where you're supposed to be because he gave me a grandfather, an uncle, two brother-in-laws, and a best friend that were all preachers. Amen. I guess he figured if he stuck me in the middle that uh, one of them would keep me straight one way or the other. But I love her. She's the love of my life. Her name is Vanessa Deerstone, and I'm Bill Deerstone. <laughs> Last time I saw him, I broke his jaw in two places. So I hope, I hope that you don't hold that against me still. Yeah, but uh, it's good to see you. It really is. <coughs> we done? Many times in my childhood we travel so far. By nightfall how weary I'd grow. Father's arms would slip around me so gently he'd say my child we are going home hallelujah <laughs> Go fading and the day soon shall end oh I get home right. sick the father I roll but my father has led 
me each step of the way. And now I am going home. Go. heavy and I'm longing to see all my loved ones and friends that's gone on. Every step brings me nearer to that land of my dreams. Praise God we are going home. Yeah. Sing. I think Mike was with us, um, you, Mike? I don't, can't remember. But we just tried it a while ago. But it's called This Man Jesus. Amen. Do you know Jesus? Amen. When I'm hungry, he feeds me. Amen. I've lost my way, he leads me. Amen. But there's power. Power in that man Jesus. Amen. Listen, we may mess it up here or there. We ain't sang it in years. And I mean years. My mom's been dead 22 years. Uh, matter of fact, the eighth of this month will be 22 years. Dad passed on about four years before that. It's been a while since we sang this, but you pray real hard and maybe we'll get through it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Not much in name. Don't have fortunes. Don't have fame. But this man means so much more to me. Just the mention of his name From the mountains to the sea Oh, there's power in this man, Jesus Jesus, he gave his life for all Jesus, he's there whenever I call And he cares for my every need 
one here. <laughs> this is acapella, and uh, it ain't on. I don't think so. <laughs> don't work that way, Mike. They will fix your mic, Mike. I heard it then. <laughs> yeah, I guess they did, didn't they? Mike, you have nothing to worry about now, honey. It's there. I think we know it without it, but let me, I believe it's in B. The one thing we can't remember is the keys that are songs are in and we're just like oh my goodness what's key that in and I've been many places it is B ain't it yeah I think we know it don't we yeah <sighs> she worked these songs and put them in order so she could find them well we done a thing at Liberty mm -hmm. and when we did we <coughs> done different kinds of songs and when I got done my book looked totally the opposite of what it was and I'm like oh well, and I ain't had time to fix it yet, but I will. Okay, ready? There is a God, and only one. He made the earth and sun. He made all things, created man. God. There is a God, and He is real. Deep in my heart, deep in my heart. Love I feel. His love I feel. When I am laid beneath the sun, I'll see and know. Lost in sin and shame, 
the blessed Savior came. He lifted me to higher ground for heaven I am bound. Hallelujah. There is a God. See, that's why I had this book deal with my keys. Or is it G, D? D, Okay. Lord will forgive me if nobody else knows. <laughs> when my flesh is weak and I'm discouraged yes, about bless life. Bless him, Lord. And I tell myself, giving up. Be alright. Satan whispers, he'll make me sleep forever someday. Oh, but it's not that easy. There's a cross standing in the way. The cross stands between me and forever. To die in sin is a choice left up to me. There's a cross standing between me and forever and if I go down I'll have to pass right by that tree sinner hear the words I'm saying to you now If since flames become your home, I don't see how. Cause you'll go through loved ones' prayers they've prayed each day. And not to mention there's a cross standing in the way. The cross stands between me and forever. 
To die in sin is a choice left up to me. Yes, there's a cross standing between me and forever. And if I go down, I'll have to pass right by that tree. And if you go down, you have to pass right by that tree. It's a nice thing about that. If we go to heaven, we'll never pass that tree. Because he's done hung on it. He's done off of it. The tree's done gone, so to speak. But the tree will always be there in hell. His blood will always be there in hell. Because he shed it for each and every one. And the ones that he'd applied it to and they went and decided to go the other way, they took it with them mm -hmm. as a reminder of what Christ done for each and every one of them. Think about it. If we decide to turn our backs on Christ and go to hell, we're going to see that tree. We're going to see that blood. And we're going to hear every message. Even though we weren't there at that time, we're going to hear every message that Christ preached. I believe that. Because he's the preacher of all preachers. Amen. But there's one problem. When we get there, there ain't a thing we're going to be able to do about it. We can't plug our ears. We can't kill ourselves. It's an eternal hell. And we're going to hear it all. Think about that. Now, that's just me, but that keeps me from going. Amen. I don't know what keeps you from going, but that's what keeps me from going. You know? I don't want to go. I mean, I had visions of it. And I thought, no. But it was just as real as I am standing here. And that scared me. And there's very few things in life that scares me. But that and God's one of them. Amen. So, if you're saved, hey, praise the Lord. Stay with him. Don't tell him to let loose. Because your hands will get sweaty and you won't be able to hold on very long. But he'll hold on for an eternity. Yeah. You know? But don't go back on him. Because even if you say, well, I'll just do it for a little while and then I'll come back. You may die the next 30 seconds Amen. later. I'd like to say it's good to be here tonight. Good to be, be here tonight. Amen. And we want to let that preacher give us the word too. And we're going to do this song. And this song to me... <coughs> I learned this song years ago, and it holds a special place in my heart. It's called, He's Alive, and I believe He's Alive. And I believe He lives today, and I believe He's coming back to get us one day. I think this world is getting so evil right now, it's like it was before. He couldn't look down on this earth. And when he'd look, he could just couldn't stand to see all the evil and everything. So I believe he's going to look, and he's going to say, it's time I get my children and take them home. Yeah, they don't need to be in this no more. But we thank you for inviting us. We've enjoyed being here. And I'll do this song and we'll get out of the way. Once I went walking down a long, lonely road. I thought I had no one to share my heavy load. Then my mind 
went soaring by to a place I'd never been. And I realized I was standing at the foot of my king. There were three lonely crosses on the hillside that day. And as I looked at my Savior, I said, Lord, take me away. There was blood flowing down as the thorns pierced his head. He cried, Father, forgive. Then my Savior was dead. Well, I stood there in silence thinking, Lord, how could this be that your beloved son, well, he gave his life just for me. Then I heard a sweet voice saying, child, lift up your head. For the one that you see hanging there, well, he is not dead. Hallelujah. He's alive. He's alive. No death could not hold him. He's alive. He's alive. Oh, the storm was rolled away. Well, Satan won that battle when Jesus died on the tree. Oh, but Jesus came back from the grave and he won the victory. Sing it. He alive. He's alive. No death could not hold him. He's alive. He's alive. Oh, the rolled away well Satan thought he'd won that battle when Jesus died on the tree oh but Jesus came back from the grave and he won the victory yes my Jesus came back from the grave and he won the victory You know it. Well, I do. Pretty much. But Let's do this. Let's see. It'll be all right. There you go. It's hard to do. Um. It is. See. I missed that one. <laughs> I was standing on the banks of the river. Looking out over life's
is at the old ship of Zion. I see it was me. you enjoy the Salts family tonight? Amen. Wasn't that wonderful? Amen. Amen. Praise God. I tell you what, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have let them out of the church without singing that last one. Amen. I'd love to hear them sing that song. And you know the one thing that makes uh, the old ship of Zion different from every other ship is who the captain is. <laughs> if it wasn't for the captain, it'd be like any other ship. Amen. But as long as Jesus is at the helm, amen, that ship ain't going down, amen. 
Hallelujah. Hull's been bent and battered. Devil's tried to sink that ship ever since it was birthed, amen, on the day of Pentecost. Amen. She's still sailing, and she's going to sail all the way into heaven's hot harbor. And I'm just glad I'm on board, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You uh, Pray for Brother Roberts as he comes to preach with you. If you've enjoyed Brother Guy and Miss Wanda tonight, give them a hand tonight. All right, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Peter. Hold that watch. I can't see it. You can see it better than I can. You've got better eyes. All right, 1 Peter, chapter 1. And uh, we'll get started here in a minute. Thank you all for the music and uh, thank you all for the week. I have certainly enjoyed being here uh, with you again at United. It's been a while, a couple years or so. And. Um, Love your pastor and his family, and I love y'all, and just excited to see your faces and see you still serving the Lord and God using you, and um, I just really thank the Lord. I was thinking about it a little bit today. The older I get, I guess the more, the biggest part of my life's in the rearview mirror now. I'm not that old, but I'm, I'm not 30 anymore either, but I've just been really super thankful that the Lord's let me do this. This was never, I was just thankful I had a church that was willing to listen to me as their pastor. I didn't, I didn't know the Lord would let me do this, but I don't know, for 30 years I've preached meetings, different places, and I'm just really thankful. I'm, I'm just a big nothing. Uh, Lord's amazing. And my prayer is that he's helped you this week through his word. I don't want any credit. I don't want anything. I mean, I know who I am. And uh, I get up with me every day. And I know the struggles I, I deal with. God uses crooked sticks to draw straight lines. That's all I know. And so I'm just thankful that God's allowed me to do this. So I pray you've got some help. So before we get into verse 4, Chapter 2, I said chapter 1, but we did make it through chapter 1 last night, didn't we? We got into chapter 2. So we're going to start in verse 4 here in just a minute, but I want to remind you of the three things that we've kind of emphasized every night that Peter is trying to remind those he's writing that are really struggling. I mean, they've been moved from their home. They've lost about everything that they have. They're really living in difficult times. They're strangers geographically, but they're, they're strangers theologically too. I think one of our problems, and I mentioned it last night, we're just way too comfortable on planet earth. Sometimes we're, and I'm not unproud, non-proud to be an American, but I belong to a different kingdom. I, I, I get my orders from a whole different culture, and it's heaven. And it's, it's, it's Christ. And it's His Word. And if, and if you want to try to live counter-cultural, just live by the Bible. And you will, look real, you will really stand out. You'll stand out so much, some people even in the church will look at you as a little weird. Because a lot of people in the church... 
have gotten very, very comfortable with here. And so have I. So, the three things. Peter was reminding them, if they're going to make it, and be faithful and joyful and leave the impression of Christ among these strangers in a strange land that don't like them because they're Jews and they don't like them because they're Christians. So they're going to mistreat them, misuse them, and abuse them. And in order for them to live out God in that horrible culture, you're going to have to remember who you are and what you have in Christ. Because you're not going to be able to be really haughty about what you're driving. Because they're probably going to be just barely getting by. None of these believers are going to live in in gated communities. And I'm not against gated communities. If you live in one, hallelujah. Give me the code and I'll come visit you. But these people are not... They can't get anything out of what they have or who they are because who they are is unknown and what they have is empty. But they're full. James says they're rich because of who they are and what they have in Christ. And I've asked all of us, me included, do I really understand what I have in Christ? I mean, we would all, like in a cliche or a good lick in a song or or a nice little printed thought on a t-shirt, but do I really understand that, that Jesus is better than any car I could drive? Yeah. And I like cars. I like the lines on them. I like the lick in a cam. I used to build motors. Do I really understand that the, the honeycomb of God's word when squeezed out into my soul is better than anything I could park in a garage? So Peter's telling them, you really got to embrace who you are and what you have just in Jesus. There's your identity, not the label. There's your worth, not your possession. You possess the king of glory. He knows my name. He keeps up with the numbers of my hairs. Collects my tears in the bottle. That makes no sense to me. It does when I think of my grandson. But I just don't get that the sovereign God of the universe watches over you, brother, while you're sleeping. Hallelujah. So who I am and what I possess in Jesus is just really big. Now, I'm going to get back on last night's message. If you're not daily in the Word, you don't have a clue who you are and what you have in Jesus. You can't get that from just going to church, sitting on church pews, singing a few songs, listening to a message. You've got to be eating every day. You've got to be drinking every day. And you will never exhaust the well of Christ. There'll always be water there. There'll always be meat there. And there's nothing you can face that he can't satisfy you. But we want to bookend it. We want God to do something whoo, on Sunday and just live off of whatever he did on Sunday, did the next one. You won't make it. 
your home will be a mess, life will be a mess, work will be a mess, and I don't care what you've got in your garage, 401k, or wearing on your back, or driving, you'll be a mess. Because there's only one thing that can fill the hole in my life. And you can do anything you want to to try to satisfy it otherwise, but it will not work. It'll leave you empty and dry. Who I am and what I have in Christ. He was telling them that because that's the only way you're going to make it through life. Second thing, and we saw it maybe Tuesday and Wednesday night, there's a process in life. And he calls that trial process precious. Now, that's radical, right? That's radical for us to look at trials and look at them as a treasured, valuable, worth aspect of our lives. But you see, we got to embrace the process. God uses everything in my life to produce the image of Christ in my life. We called it the product holiness. Just reminding you again, God didn't save you, make you happy. God saved you, make you holy. You've got to embrace the process to get holy. You've got to embrace the trials. I'll just give you one illustration. And I promise we're going to get to chapter 2, verse 4 here in just a second. Paul had whatever that infirmity was. I don't know what it was. Eyesight, whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever it was, he didn't like it. He didn't want it. It said thrice prayed. And my understanding, the word thrice there means like multiple. It could could have been hundreds of times. I mean, he wanted it gone. And Jesus said, no. No. Remember that little phrase that we saw in in 1 Peter chapter 1? Where we're in heaviness, this trial that's that's temporary, if need be. We need trials. And so God said, no. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this heaviness in your life. Now, the devil will try to use it uh, to get you mad at me, but but that that ain't why I'm doing this. I'm doing this so you'll be more like me, so you'll be strong in me. You know what Paul says? Wonderful. Bring it on. His whole demeanor changed. Why? I'm embracing it. You think he still liked it? No. You think he would have chosen it? No. But what was he going to do? Now look, I've been pastoring for 40-something years. I meet Christians all the time, sitting in living rooms of houses, ticked off at God, ticked off at a handful of Christians, ticked off at a handful of unbelievers, ticked off at whoever they want to be ticked off at. Ultimately, they're ticked off at God. And what are they doing? They're just not willing to surrender to God and say, God, you just do whatever you're doing because I want to be more like you so the process don't matter. I want to be whole. So there you go. Peter's telling them, I want you to make sure you know who you are and what you have in Jesus and has plenty enough to do life. The process sometimes is going to be difficult, but the product is amazing. You're going to be a holy man and a holy woman and you're going to have impact. That brings us to number four. I mentioned it last night. And we won't get there. I'm sorry. But I, I might just introduce it to you. But here's the fourth thing that Peter wants them to embrace. Their calling. What's your calling? Teach Sunday school class? Well, maybe. Is my calling of a 
to be a pastor or a preacher? Yeah, but that's what I do. It's not who I am. Because see, it's easy to shirk the fact you ain't got no calling. You got a calling. And you know what it is? Be Jesus every year, everywhere you're at. And like I said last night, the fact that we go out, and I'm not saying don't go out on Saturdays and knock on doors and pass out tracks, that's easy. That's easy. I can put a smile on my face, look like, uh, look like uh, uh, Mr. Christian, dress up, clean up, smell good, and look really nice. But you put us in a situation, like I mentioned last night, your neighbors, dogs, getting in your trash cans. Or the guy you're working for that just pushes and pushes. He knows all your buttons and he mashes them all. And you just blow up in his face. There's where your calling is. Real life, real time, look like Jesus. Every day. That can be faked. This can't. You know the worst place to live out the Christian life? Your house. Because that's 24-7, 365. You even got to do Thanksgiving with them people. Go on stinking vacation with them. You can't get away from family. It's the hardest place to do Christ. It's one of the most important places to do Christ. I might fake y'all out. I got two girls I can't fake. They've seen it all. And my wife. They've seen it all. That's what Peter's saying. You are called to be a living, breathing, real-time, good, bad, and the ugly of living out the Christ life. So what does that mean? you got to be sinless? No, that ain't happening. That just simply means when you are, you own it. I mentioned it last night. You want to really impress a sinner? You only impress a sinner that you work with on your sin. You know what happens? We don't want to own it. We want to act like we got everything handled in our house. Everything's just neatly pressed. There ain't no wrinkles in our life. Right? So that's the last thing. I might just look at it a little bit, but we'll just get started. Verse 4, chapter 2. I got to get started. Where's my watch? What time is it, Dylan? Time check. Eight what? Okay, praise the Lord, brother. All right, verse 4. And we'll go down through verse number 10. And all he's doing from 4 to 10 is kind of starting or finishing where he started. Reminding us of who we are and what we have in Christ. And so in verses 4 and 5, He's just kind of reminding them of the glorious, wonderful, amazing opportunity that I get to live for Jesus. Not you get to teach a Sunday school class because you can get ticked off teaching Sunday school classes. Why? Because kids don't show up and the assistant teacher never shows up and they're always late. And I'm just, you can be ticked off. If you're motivated, listen, I get to get up every Sunday morning. I preached every night this week. I'm going to preach Sunday at my church. In a week or two, I'm going to be up in North Carolina preaching four nights. I get to do it. 
I don't have to do it. It's not a want to do it. I get to do it. I get to do something to bring glory to God. I get to offer a sweet offering to the King of glory. I don't know why. It ain't about deserve. It ain't about my worth. It's what God lets me do. That's what he's telling us in 4 and 5. Look at what it says in verse 4. To whom coming. And like I said, I mean, we could preach in 1 Peter for, for a couple months at least, every night. I mean, I ain't got time. Y'all don't want to come. But I'm just saying there's a lot in here. Just some first few words. To whom coming. That coming word is a linear word. You know what that means? You keep coming. You never stop coming to Jesus. It ain't one trip to the altar and you're done. It ain't a little dabble, do you? God's got so much for you that you just keep coming. Come. How do you come to him? You open your Bible every day. You give God access through prayer. You confess your sin. You love on him. You talk to him. You sing with him. You worship with him. And if you just do it on Sundays, you're anemic. And your worship ain't that great. God's open for business every day. That's why he tells them to whom coming. You just keep coming. As unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You get to hang out with Jesus every day. He's not wanting to do Sundays with you. He's wanting to do day after day with you. Man, I enjoy hanging out with my wife. I'm glad she's with me. I've missed my grandboy. Wade FaceTimed him this afternoon. I bought him a little gift today at Walmart. He's already too, told me who he was in the game and who I was going to be. And he says, we'll let Gam be him. I can't wait to see him. <laughs> Do you realize that every day you're wrestling around in the bed, getting ready to get up, God's just waiting on the edge of his seat. Reckon he'll talk to me today. Yet reckon he'll let me in his life. Reckon he'll bring me my, your, his burdens. Reckon he'll be vulnerable to me. Reckon he'll be authentic with me because I want to bless him. I've known him since, since before he was born. I want to do life with him. I want to fix him, lead him, guide him, help him. That's what Peter's telling them. If you really want to know who you are and what you have in Christ, just keep coming to him. Ye also, this is us, that's him, finds us lively stones. That just means we're alive. Well, some, some Christians are, some I'm not real sure. And I've been there myself sometimes. Whatever. Are built up spiritual house holy priesthood here it is to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ every opportunity you get to do this corporate worship when they pick a song to sing man listen to the words We get opportunities. Back in the Old Testament, it was tangible. I mean, we got tangible stuff we can do now, but it was kind of it was more tangible. You was dragging some old animal with you, flung over your shoulder and working your way, you know, to offer something to the Lord. 
every time a plate's passed and tithes and offerings and mission giving and a love offering's taken up, that's a sweet smell to God. And every man and a woman that shows up to church that used to be lost and now they're saved and they know who Christ is and they sing glory to his name. Man, that heart is just worshiping and offering. And every time I get in the car and I, and I drive to a place to preach the gospel, I'm giving my life as an offering. Every time you hide a little money in your billfold and you see somebody at work that needs some help and you just kind of dole it out. And every time you take some of your time off of your schedule and you just give it to Christ for His glory, you're just giving. I get to do that. If you think you've got to teach Sunday school, you might just want to quit. If you think you've got to do this, man, it's just, it's just a burden. It's just a dry. You're missing the point. Man, I get to do this. I get to sing. I get to teach. I get to talk. I get to invest my life. It doesn't matter what the kids do or who don't show up or if it's hot or if it's cold or if they're late. I get to do it. I get to do this. Look at the second thing. It's in verse number 6. Wherefore also, it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect prayer. Still talking about Jesus. And he that believeth on him, what does it say? Shall never be confounded. Never be disappointed. You know why people are so disappointed on church pews? Is because they're trying to find all they need in flesh. Now I, I I got some flesh people in my life that I want. I want I want my wife. But guess what? Shh, just back there. She's not perfect. She can't do what only God can do for me. What's he saying? If you live in who he is and what he is and what he has for you, you'll never be disappointed. That disappointment ain't talking about when you get to heaven. It's talking about when you do the routine of life. That's why I told you there, there's people sitting at home tonight, and I'm not trying to berate anybody. But I'm telling you, there's people sitting at home now that used to be in church, used to teach, used to talk, used to yeah. sing, used to, used to, used to, used to, used to. And they become disappointed, hurt, offended, whatever word. And I've experienced all of them. And I have quit at times. But I can't. Because he will never disappoint. So you just got to get right back up and sing and get right back up and worship and get right back up and talk and get right back up and witness and get back up and give and give up. Why? Because that's who is all I need. He'll never disappoint me. Quit using excuses why you don't worship God anymore with your life. There's no reason. We can all sit around a round table discussion and tell all of our sob stories and we'll all just cry it out. 
And then we're done, we'll lift up the name of Jesus and we'll say, here's where you're focused. What do you think Paul was saying in Hebrews chapter 11 when he said, I want you to notice those guys back in chapter 11. In chapter 12, I want you to notice those witnesses, but I want you to focus your attention on the author and the finisher of our faith. Moses was a great guy. Joseph, great guy. Daniel, great guy. But there's nobody like the author and the finisher of our faith. You'll never be disappointed with Christ. Hey, let's just straighten this out right now. You know on the planet who I've disappointed the most in life? The gal sitting back there on the back, the, the back pew. I've been meaner to her than anybody. Hurt her. She's still sitting back there. She's going to ride with me home. I hope. Can I ride on the top of the car? I'm just saying, you'll never be disappointed when you live here who I am in Christ and what I have. Look at the next one. What's time, Dylan? 8.20. Okay. Nick, I ain't trusting you. I'm talking to Dylan. <laughs> All right. Look at verse number, number 7. Really the latter part of 7 and verse 8, he's just talking about all the people that rejected Jesus. So we won't read that for sake of time. But I just want you to get that first little phrase. People that are faith people, believing people, in the family people, guess what? You've learned that he's precious. You found out that he's precious. We could go around the room tonight and all of us could tell you stories about, boy, he's precious. I told you about my brother last night. I could go on and on and on and on when God showed up in my life and showed himself to be exactly what he said he would be. Amazing. You know what precious means? Valued, treasured. Wow. I need to understand what I have in the fact that I get to know Jesus is precious. There's believers sitting on church pews that don't know what they're missing because they're trying to find it in a local church, in a local pastor, in a deacon, in a husband, in a wife, in a job, in money, in health, in size, in shape. I don't care. You just put whatever you want to in there that you'll never find anywhere else but in the precious Son of God. There's just nobody like him. Nobody like him. Look at the next thing, and it, this, this might be the best one. In verse number 9, verse number 10, we get to be his people. We get to be his people. Now, I'm, you know, I'm kind of somewhat proud of my heritage. You know, my dad, my mom, you know, dad's been in heaven since 96. Mom's 95, still living, still clicking. She'd still be driving if she could see. <laughs> I'm telling you, she'd be still going down the road. You know, you might want to pray if she's in your lane. <laughs> So I got a good heritage. That ain't my heritage. I'm his people. He knows my name. I'll just give you one little illustration because I think it's kind of cool. Um, the, the breastplate 
that the priest wore had names on it, names on the front, names on the back, names of tribes, identifying the people that was his. But the shoulder, shoulder straps on that thing had names on it too. It simply means that I, I, I'll hold you up. I got you. That's who Christ is. You're his people. If you'll go to him, he'll shoulder whatever you're dealing with. He'll be underneath you. You can't fall. You can't get, it's just, he's got you. But look at the little nuance that's in these two verses because it leads us in to verse number 11 that's going to be we need to embrace this calling. Well, watch this calling. Get a taste of it in these verses. Verse 9, but ye are a chosen generation. These are, some, these are some really quality phrases we could spend some time on, but we're just not going to do it. Nick can do that later. Ye are a chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people, treasured, valued. Look, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Look, which in time past you were not people, <laughs> but now you are, right? Which had not obtained mercy, but now you obtain. You were walking around nameless. Might have had a last name. Might have had a house. Might have had a car. Might have had a 401k. But you had nothing to be compared to bear his name. But now you are. And here's the opportunity. My life gets to be on display. That's what verse 11 tells me. And from there to chapter 4, I think it is about verse 6, 7 of chapter 4, from 2.11 down to 4.6.7 of 1 Peter, he's going to tell us ways that we are to emulate Christ. And remember, it's something you get to do. Now there's a lot of things that, that you might enjoy doing and get to do, but, but here's what you need to understand. The greatest thing that you get to do, you get to show Jesus to your neighbor. I'm not saying you can't show them your new car. I'm not saying you can't show them your new gun. You know, smell the oil on it, whatever. I'm not saying you can't help him out with, you know, things you're really good at. Maybe his yard, maybe doing stuff, or, or maybe help him cut down a tree. But you've got a big opportunity to make sure you use tree cutting, gun talking, or whatever's going on in your life to lace it with the gospel. And make sure he sees it in every activity of your life. Because remember, it's easy to knock on the door, pass out a track with a smiling face, with a little thing on your shirt that says United Baptist Church. But God needs to be on display in your life every day. And I'm going to show you the importance of it, and then I'm going to be done. Look in verse 11 and verse 12. Dearly beloved. I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. You don't belong here and you're on a journey. Again, that's perspective. I don't belong here and I'm on a journey. Abstain from fleshly lust. That's back to that holy talk. 
You just need to make sure that you're not being controlled by any of these old desires. They're still in there, that same old stuff. I talked about the duct tape on my mouth last night. We all got issues in this building. Some's got this, some got that, but we all got some. So don't nobody be looking around piously at somebody else. So I don't know. I ain't got what they got. Well, what do you have? Let's talk about it. We all got fleshly mess going on in our life. And what's he saying? He said, just make sure that you're saying no to that stuff. Make sure that you're serious, like last night, about being a holy person. So you're standing against walking, living by sinful pleasures or desires. Look at this next phrase and please get it. Which this evil stuff, that's this, this fleshly thing that's still inside us, hard to know what to call it, but he says it wars against the soul. Word war means long military campaign. That simply means it's never going away. Can I tell you all a story? Before we get to the next verse, then I'm done. What time is it, Dylan? Okay, we're doing, we're doing okay. This was um, three years ago, maybe two years ago. But it might happen six months from now. So don't think it, you know, this is the last time it's ever happened. It ain't going to happen again. So I said yes to a wedding. Weddings are not my favorite thing. I'm just putting that out there. Um, I'll do them, enjoy them, whatever. But it's not my favorite thing. A lot of tension. I mean, if you just say the wrong thing, you know, like look at the her and call him he. I mean, there's just so many things that can happen. You know, I'm just, it's, it's scary. So whatever. So I, I said yes to the wedding, and then I found out it was going to be an outside wedding, and it's in January, and then the day of the wedding, it's raining, and it's cold. So I'm getting a little perturbed. You know, I'm dressed up in a suit and tie, and then I find out we've got to walk from this place over to this other place, and I hope the people don't see this, me, or this, whatever. So walking from there to there, I'm getting wet. Of course, I felt sorry for the bride, too. She's getting wet, too. The bottom of her gown's getting nasty. I'm just thinking... Why did we do this outside? <laughs> you know what? Really none of my business. But whatever. I was thinking all this. Right? So now I'm wet and I'm cold. And I do the ceremony. It's over. And I'm hungry. So I'm wet and I'm cold. I'm a little irritated. I'm hungry. That's not a good recipe. So we get done, you know, and see you later. Lord bless you. And I left. And I told Wanda. I said, I, my, my saliva glands can just taste Olive Garden. So we go to Olive Garden, we pull in, and the first thing came out of Wanda's mouth, well, I'm not waiting in line. <laughs> and you know, I did, I did, okay, honey, it'll be just fine, we'll go, no, boy, just, <clears throat> I didn't say nothing, the duct tape was working right then. So we went around Olive Garden, you know, I didn't even go in, she said, well, go in, I said, I ain't going in, you've already said you ain't waiting, we'll just forget it, forget that I want pasta. <laughs> You know, well, just do what you want. So I, I drive on around. I get to the where we're going to pull out in the road. And she's already been helping me drive. You know, I'm 60, whatever. I'm 62 now. And she thinks I'm 90. I don't know. But she's kind of helping me drive a little bit. So I'm getting ready to pull out. And she just, she, she hollered. You know, not really loud. But she just, it, she thought I was getting ready to pull out in front of somebody. And brother, when she did that, the duct tape, phew. And boy, I unloaded on her. Yeah, I did. I wish I hadn't. And I mean, I before I could get the last word out of my mouth, the Spirit of God just went right into my spiritual gut. Boy, that was 
that was great. But now stay with me. This war, it ain't never stopping. And you know how stubborn our old flesh can be? I knew I screwed up. I knew I messed up, you know. And I mean, she wasn't trying to, you know, make me mad or nothing. She just didn't want to pull out in front of that truck. And I just thought, well, I got this. I ain't 90 years old, I can see. <laughs> we went to Cracker Barrel. Listen, we went to Cracker Barrel and sat and talked about the weather. We didn't deal with it. I didn't. I should have. It was like two people dating for the first time. And all I'm saying, how dumb can you get? You know when I finally owned up and confessed it? About 45 minutes later, that's after sitting there for an hour. That's almost, a, that's almost two hours that I knew what I said, what I did, how I said it was wrong. Old flesh, man, still in there. But it took us getting to the house and me going back there. I said, baby, look, I blew it. And the, the, the sad thing is it's taken me this long that I'm still so stuck in my stupid flesh that the woman I've been living with for 40-something years, I still can't just say I was wrong. All I'm telling you, if you don't intentionally pursue holy man, flesh man is just like a weed. You can pull it and pull it and pull it, but it's coming back. Why is it important? Verse 12. What's it say? Why do I need to do this? Why do I need to be engaged in holy? Why do I need to know who I am and what I have in Christ? Embrace the process because I want to be a holy man because there is a calling on your life. Look at it, verse 12. Having your conversation, where conversation means life. Make sure your conversation is honest. That means authentic. Among who? Gentiles. Lost people. Lost people are watching you. Lost people are listening to you. Lost people are working beside you. Lost people live beside you. Lost people play on the ball team you play on. Look at what it says. That, whereas they speak evil against you as evildoers. That simply means they might not like you because you're a Christian. They might think you're Holy Joe. They might think you're church people. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Here's what you need to matter. That they may buy your good works. Not Saturday visitation. Your normal process of life. Your daily routine. Your eight-hour work day. Your neighborhood actions. What does he say? Which they shall behold. Glorify God in the day of visitation. Make sure when God convicts a sinner that you work beside, God can use your life as an example of what Jesus looks like. Not gives them no excuse. But there's a lot of unbelievers working, living, doing life beside believers that see no In the believer. Ain't no difference in their life from mine. And I'm not talking about a t-shirt. I'm talking about the routine of your life. is a stark contrast to the unbeliever. And in the day when God plans to tweak his heart, God can use your life to glorify him. What did Jesus say? He said, make sure that your good works 
glorify your Father which is in heaven. Your life. That's your calling. And can I tell you something? It's amazing that you get to do that. Is it big? Are you kidding me? You get to own your job, play a theatrical role, and you're Jesus. That's what you are. You get to do that so that that co-worker don't see you. They see the elements and the attitudes and the actions and the nature of Christ. You say, it can't be done. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Because of who you are in Christ. Because of the provisions in Christ. It ain't about your intelligence. It ain't about you. It's about who you are right here. Embracing the process so that the product's holy. So that your life, and you'll never do it perfect. I don't. You just heard my story. I'll come back next year and tell you five more. We're all in the struggle. But the end game is that the pattern of my life looks and sounds like Jesus. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Pastor, you come. Thanks, Dylan. Grace, you come tonight. Anybody got help from the Word of God this week? So many things we could talk about that have been discussed. But I think if there's one way to summarize the entire week, everything that uh, the preachers talked about, is learning who we are in Jesus. And it goes back to that statement that, that Brother Roberts made on Monday night. And I've just been pondering on it ever since. And that is, if I could ever get a hold of what got a hold of me. You know, truth is, I've been saved many, many years. But I still do not understand as much as I should. And I don't comprehend as much as I, or I may allow the circumstances of my life to distract me and take my eyes off of who I am and what Jesus did for me. Say, so preacher, how do you know that you hadn't let what got a hold of you? In other words, how do you know you hadn't got a hold of what's got a hold of you? Amen? Because I'm not as much like him as I should be. Right? Let me just ask you tonight, and I think this is an indictment against every single one of us, and that is... Could I be more like Jesus than what I am right now? From the pulpit to the pew. <laughs> I could be more like Jesus than what I am right now. Friend, the Bible says 1 John 3, 16, Hereby perceive with the love of God how He laid down His life for us. So we ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren. I ain't there yet, friends. And I pray that if nothing else that God's done this week would help all of us to be challenged more in our faith, to do our best to get a hold of what's got a hold of us. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand tonight all over the house. Maybe God would have you to come. But let me, one other thing. And boy, I just love uh, what he said. I was not a people, but I am now a people. Sam, you know what that reminds me of? 
I'm just a nobody. Amen. Trying to tell everybody about somebody. But the truth is, I am a somebody now. And it's not because of me. It's because of somebody else. But I'm in Christ. I mean, again, he talked about it. Chosen generation, royal priesthood. You know what we do? We spend way too much time letting the world run over us. We hang our heads. Amen. And don't want to offend the world. And don't want to rub somebody the wrong. Listen, we need to stand with our heads up. And I'm not talking about boast and arrogant, but be confident in who I am in Jesus Christ. You'll never be confident if you don't know who you are. Amen? But the last thing tonight is this. If you don't know Jesus, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, because without Christ, none of us are nothing. Why in the world would I brag or boast on myself? The Bible says the best I have to offer is filthy rags. The Bible says in me, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. So God forbid that I would try to boast and brag in who I am. But friend, the truth is, if you don't know Jesus, you are a nobody. Amen? You, you say, well, I'm alive. No, you're not. You don't even live. You're existing. How many people in this world that their life is nothing more than an existence? They go from day to day with no purpose. They don't understand that God created them for a great reason, to be like Him, to reach others, to tell others what He's done for, for us. But friend, if you're here today without Christ, why don't you let God take a nobody and turn them into somebody? <laughs> you may have come into this building tonight with no hope. You, you've looked the whole world over trying to find help in something or somebody. Uh, can I tell you about a somebody? Amen. Amen. Who can change your life. You know, we could go across this building and we could give example after example of people who know what it is for their life to be radically changed by Jesus. Isn't that right, Jake? Michael. Can I tell you another one? Eddie. I love this man just like he is my own, part of my own family. I don't think he'd mind me saying I'll never forget going to the golf course about a year ago. And I was just trying to make small talk. And I said, do you know Dylan Bailey? And they said, yeah, and I know Eddie too. I said, really? And they say, oh, you'd, you wouldn't believe the change in that man's life. The difference. You know what? It wasn't a preacher that got a hold of him. It wasn't a church. It wasn't a denomination. It was the Son of God. And he ain't the man he used to be. And I say glory to God. And I don't ever want to get over who I was and who I am now. I don't ever want to get over God changing Eddie's life. I don't ever want to get over God changing Michael's life. God forbid that we'd ever view that 
as an inconvenience or a bother. I get to tell other people about Jesus. Every head bowed and everybody eye closed. Anybody raise your hand tonight and say, Preacher, I walked into the church house tonight feeling like a nobody. But God's been speaking to my heart through the Word of God and through the Holy Spirit. And God's shown me tonight that even though I walked into the church house of nobody, I could leave a somebody. Preacher, as honest as I know how to say it, I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I'm lost. And if I were to go tonight, I would spend an eternity in hell. But preacher, as honest as I know how to be tonight, I want to be saved. I want my life to be changed. I want God to do for me what He's done for Eddie and what He's done for Michael and all of these others who know what it is for their life to be forever changed. Christians pray. Anybody here raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I promise you. But friend, you'll never be changed unless you admit that you need to be changed. Would you raise your hand tonight, friend, and say, Preacher, if I were to die before the night's over, I do not know that I know that I know that I'd go to heaven. Friend, this could be, the preacher talked about an hour of visitation tonight. This could be your hour of visitation. Friend, if God's speaking to your heart, the most dangerous thing you could do is to say no to Jesus. He didn't say no to you. He went all the way. He was wounded. He was bruised. He was beaten. He was crucified naked and openly. He was mocked. He was made fun of. So God forbid that somebody that He died for would say no to Him. Oh, I believe the Holy Ghost is dealing with somebody's heart tonight. Would you raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm not saved. Would you be honest with God? Preacher, I do not know that I know that I'm saved. Would you raise your hand tonight, friend? Do you have the courage just to slip up your hand and say, Preacher, I'm not saved, but I want to be. Would you raise your hand? Father in heaven, I love you. And Lord, I thank you so much for this service. Thank you, Lord, for this revival meeting. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that's been helped, everyone that's been encouraged. Father, when we stand before you one day, we're going to be held accountable for what we've done with what we've heard. God, I pray that you would use the things I've heard this week to change my life and transform me into the image of Christ and make me more like Jesus. Father, nobody else may need it, but I need to be more like Jesus. Father, forgive me for not being more like you. And Lord, I pray if there might be one amongst us tonight who doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, I pray that you give them the courage to step out of that seat, walk down the aisle to an old-fashioned altar and let somebody take a Bible and show them how they can have their names written down 
in the Lamb's book of life. Lord, we're going to give you the praise for what you're going to do ahead of time. And Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. While Miss Grace plays, let's sing Savior, Savior. Savior. How about you, friend? Take that first step. Would you submit your will to God? Don't you listen to the devil. The devil's doing everything he can to talk you out of it. Why don't you just surrender all and give in to the Holy Ghost tonight? Sing that again. Say, Is the Lord going to pass you by tonight, friend? Can you hear His voice calling you? Oh, when He died on that cross, His arms were stretched open wide, inviting you to come. And He's given you that invitation. Will you come or will you reject Him? Sing it one more time. This is the last chorus. Say, Friend, what's worth going to hell over? The group sung the song about the cross standing in your way. Are you going to reject the best thing that's ever been done for you and spend an eternity in hell? I'm sorry, but I want to sing one more. I believe somebody needs to get saved tonight. You say, I don't know what to do. It's already been done, friend. You just got to say yes to Jesus. God's people say it. Amen. You know, if, it were, if we just had one get saved, it'd be worth it all. Amen. And we had one get saved last night. I believe it was worth the entire meeting. But boy, it'd be good if there are others that they'd get in before it's too late. One other thing we want to do tonight, and uh, it may be a little late for you, but um, tell you what, I want to do everything I can to motivate young people and encourage young people. And we've got a young lady here that last night she specifically asked to sing a song. And I believe that, uh, I believe I'd be held accountable before God if I didn't let her. So I think it would be good for us all just to wait another couple of minutes and let this young lady use her gift and talent. Uh, and who knows, maybe that's, Maybe that's all that's going to take to push somebody over the edge and come to Jesus. I love Miss Katie. Amen. I love her dearly. Appreciate uh, her love for Jesus. I appreciate the gifts and abilities she has. So I'm going to ask her to come uh, sing this song, and then we're going to be dismissed with a word of prayer, and you can uh, go home. If you enjoyed uh, the Roberts, uh, make sure you tell them you appreciate that, and also the Saltz family. Did you enjoy the Saltz family tonight? Amen. Let's give them one more hand. Amen. Katie, you come sing for us.
Check, one, two.
You know, I could have let her sing that earlier in the service. I don't think that's what the Lord wanted. I think it was according to the will of God for that song to be sang when it was. Heaven or hell is a heartbeat away. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Our brother talked about what we're going to see, what we're going to hear, what we're going to think about in eternity. You could be, you could spend eternity in hell, and through your mind that song plays over and over again. When you had the opportunity, your time of visitation was at a little church on the corner of Buckingham and Pinto Road. And you had an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. But you just, you know the Bible says we don't just tramp or walk by the cross, we trample under our feet. That we literally stomp over the blood that was shed for us. If you go to hell, you won't blame nobody but yourself for it. Amen. And I want to encourage you, if you have not done business with God, do so before it's too late. Let's all stand tonight. But Josh, would you lead us in prayer, brother?